Lights, camera, action. Hello and welcome to another edition of Movie Madness in association with Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined as always by Kieran Fletcher, and this week we are getting into 2013's This Is The End. No matter who you are, Jim Franco, it's me, John Hill, from Moneyball. No matter what you're doing, it's alright, it's a little tremor. <laughs> the end is here. Hermione just stole all of our. This is the end. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Not bad. Um, You are in London still today, but hopefully back in uh, sunny Brockworth next week. Yeah, I need to work it all out. Well, I'll jump straight in with the synopsis. Six Los Angeles celebrities are stuck in James Franco's house after a series of devastating events just destroyed the city. Inside, the group not only have to face the apocalypse, but themselves. <laughs> That's the actual synopsis of the film, is it? Yeah. Nice. I won't do uh, what's been on in the cinema around the time because we did 2013 a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. But what do you think the critics thought of this film? Um, um, I don't think they liked this one. I reckon they, I reckon they thought it was a bit shit. Much of the movie goes by with almost nothing of significance happening beyond these actors goofing around together. And this is enjoyable until the formulaic plot takes over and then we lose interest. It's clear that these guys were just having some fun making a movie. And that fun they had translates onto screen perfectly. Yeah, that would be my note about the film. You can tell they're just messing around. The entire film, they're just trying to make each other laugh. Yeah. The best part... So, so many scenes in the film where you can quite clearly see that they're laughing it's between 60 and 80 percent improv yeah that makes sense yeah the best part about the movie and probably the only thing that matters is that it's actually funny yeah probably the most self-indulgent wank in movie history <laughs> yet on occasion it's hilarious yeah it is funny isn't it it's just a it's a feel-good film just put it on don't take it too seriously The best thing about This Is The End is playing Spot the Celebrity in the early frames. Do this and you'll find everyone from Jason Segel to David Krumholtz. If all that talent were put to better use, this film might have been worth watching. (laughs) That's not fair. It's definitely a film worth watching. If you're listening to this and you haven't watched it, give it a good watch. But don't take it too seriously. It's It's just a film that'll make you laugh. I'm not sure you need to do track the celebrity and like be pausing the screen to find Jason Segel, who's yeah, literally and has... Kevin Hart. They're all quite yeah. clearly there. I think every like celebrity that's in it makes a point of being in it, right? Yeah. So, so during production, the film's working title was The Apocalypse, which was later mm. changed to The End of the World. This basically <clears throat> coming off I the back that. of huh. I think I knew that trivia. I think I knew it was called The Apocalypse. Yeah, they came, they came off whatever the last film they'd done was. And Franco and, not Franco, sorry, Seth Rogen decided mm. with Evan Goldberg they were going to make some short films. Yeah. In about three weeks, they write an eight-minute short film of they're in a dark room, there's cockroaches all over the place, and it's him, basically. They don't explain that what's gone on with The Apocalypse, but they just say, you know, something's happened, I'm scared, that kind of thing. Yeah. It goes down well, it hits YouTube, and then they decide to make it into a feature-length film. Cool. The name was then changed to This Is The End on December 20th, 2012, when the first trailer and poster came out. This was done at the request of Simon Pegg, Mm -hmm. who wrote to Seth Rogen in concern that The End of the World was too similar to his comedy film The World's End, which was also released in summer 2013 and centered around an apocalypse with an ensemble cast. (laughs) He said, as the world's end was the name of a key location in the film, he couldn't change the title of his. And so asked Seth to do him a favor. What a legend. Love that. Those two, um, they're actually quite close, aren't they? They've worked together on 
Paul. Um, Paul and uh, yeah, I wasn't thinking Paul. It, the boys. Seth Rogen's involved in. Um, I think he's yeah. a producer on the boys, isn't he? So the day that Seth Rogen filmed the first scene in the film where he goes to pick up Jay Baruchel at the airport yeah. is also the same day that he filmed for Paul. So there's scenes in Paul where, uh, sorry, like some like special features for Paul where he's wearing the exact same outfit. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, that, I don't know if that's cool or lazy, or I don't know if I'm impressed by that, that he's done two Feels films very in Seth one, Rogen. one day or whether that's just laziness, I don't know. Either way, I've got a lot of time for Seth Rogen. He's a great guy. It starts well when they are basically telling you, like, you know, this is the people that you're familiar with. You get the like TMZ equivalent guy who basically sets up the film when he says, "Hey, Seth Rogen, you basically play yourself in any, any every movie. <laughs> yeah. When you're going to do some real acting, man?" Yeah, it's very meta, isn't it? You always play the same guy in every movie. When you're going to start doing some acting, he'd literally he'd get, done fifty fifty two years prior. Yeah, that is that is a serious film. That's the cancer film, isn't it? Yeah, with, with um, Joseph Gordon Levitt. Now, this was probably, we spoke about him when we did Bad Neighbours, but this was probably the peak of his powers as a commodity, if not mm. right before. Like, you have to carry a prestigious level of clout to even get this film greenlit, let alone yeah, get a definitely. $32 million budget. Definitely. Uh, it wouldn't have sold if it was just randomers or just up-and-coming actors because yeah. you're invested because they are who they are. And then, do you, um, do you, Is it actually their homes, do you think? No, no, there's some of it is uh, kind of green screened and some of it is just know, a purpose built like, set. Franco's house isn't Franco's Oh, house, I don't know but... if that's his his actual home at the start. No, I know Franco's was like purpose built. Yeah, I feel like that might be Seth Rogen's place. I don't know. I've just made that up in my head. Like, you know, the opening scene where they're yeah. getting stoned. Um, those two are like massive stoners from back in the day, aren't they? They were like mates when they were 18 yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Do you think Bad Neighbours is the peak of Seth Rogen? As in terms of star power, um, yeah, maybe. I, I always you say Seth Rogen, I always think Superbad, which is like that's clearly not his peak when he, he. I know, but he's and is he is he actually in Superbad? Yeah, he's one of the police officers. Oh, that's it. Yeah, but I'm talking yeah. about like after Superbad, he can't get thirty two million dollars to do this. Mm, I suppose. I I guess yeah, I guess Bad Neighbors. Uh, have you watched Freaks and Geeks? Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of where it all started, right? Yeah, but so I'm saying the that. peak of his, like, if he walks down the street, how many people are going to recognise him? And um, how much power does he have when he goes into a boardroom of Hollywood? Would it be from Bad Neighbours? Well, it's like definitely there's, not. That's, there's got to be something before then. Yeah, but that's not going to be his peak. This is the end, is the, his first directorial number, then he does Bad Neighbours, and that's the first film that he's able to franchise. Okay. So I can't, I can't see it being anyone because he goes into basically producing after that, and he's yeah, yeah. You don't really see him as much these days because that type of comedy isn't around as much. He's like a producer, yeah. And his level of fame, I would say, when it when Bad Neighbors Two comes out, maybe that's the peak, but it's downhill from there. Yeah, Pineapple Express was good. Yeah, but then he goes up. Like more people yeah, watch yeah. This Is the End than Pineapple Express went in the cinemas and that. Yeah. Do you shit six times a day? Um, two or three usually for me. What about him you? Telling, him telling Jay Baruchel. That's what yeah. they're saying now. And he's like, who are they? Who, yeah. are, who are they? Same with the, the glutens. He's like, that's what they used to think. And this is what they're saying now. I enjoyed when they get to Rogan's house, Baruchel said, so this is how the other half live. Because that's such a classic thing to say when you go around yeah. to someone else's house. Yeah. Seth Rogen has an air hockey table. Yep. What would be your first semi-extravagant purchase? If I was Hollywood A-list rich. Yeah, so not a car, not um, a house. Like the the kind of thing that you would buy with your uh, normal paycheck. Probably a snooker table. If I had the space for it. We used to have a snooker table in the garage back home. Oh, yeah. was, it was a pool table. Um, but it lasted about three months because the rabbit chewed through the legs. <laughs> I can see maybe where the plan went awry, and that's letting the rabbit around <laughs> the, the pool. The rabbit used well. The rabbit used to live in the garden, and then mum and dad were like, "Actually, that's quite cruel." So then she moved to the garage, and the garage was just her home. And then we put like a pool table in there, and yeah, it was about three months, I think. So yeah, I'd like I'd like a nice snooker table or pool table. I don't think I'd ever get bored of playing that. 
I, I've answered this before, so I can't really change my answer. I don't know how much WWE you watched as a kid. You were going to uh, say a wrestling ring. <laughs> no, no. I, there was there was a spinny belt that Edge had. Oh, well, the face I, yeah, of it. The I, face I, of I it never watched, I never watched WWE. And uh, so I've always said that that would be where it's like probably like <laughs> three, four, five hundred quid, where it's not a purchase that you're just going to casually do. But if Not you really. had stacks of millions, then it would be like, oh, that's quite a, that's quite a funny thing. But if have. you had if you had stacks of millions, would you purchase the uh, pre-mentioned Godfather clock, which sings Watch. to you? Watch, no, that's it. no, I wouldn't. It no. sings the theme tune to you. No. How much did you say that was? I can't remember exactly now, but it was it was a lot of money, hundreds of thousands of. Yeah, it was dollars. it was ridiculous. Yeah. He has starbursts and airheads laid out that he's very happy about. What would be your equivalent? Um, what well, like as a stoner? If um, if I've if you've to... come down from London where you don't come down to Brockworth very often, you walk in and I've got a coffee table strewn yeah, but out. You have to you have to look at it in the context of the fact that they're, that they're going to get really high. So you, you just want. Well, I'd have your name spelled out as well, obviously. Maybe not Kieran. You have to just have K. A K and J's. Um, back back when I was doing all that sort of shit, you know, when I was a little young ruffian, eighteen, nineteen, um, I always liked those Thai sweets, chili, sensation crisps, um, and I used to absolutely destroy Domino's pizzas as well, because um, the Brockworth, uh, the Domino's in Brockworth doesn't shut till like five a.m. No, so that was always my uh, stoner meal of choice. I'm going Magic Stars, and do you know those little oh, gummy Magic Stars are good. Gummy milkshakes, that's a, that's a crazy shout. But no, ma- you know the ones that you can only really good. get if you get pick and mix. Yeah, like the three for a pound pick and mix. No, no, not those ones. There's a specific one oh, like, like, like the Wilk- Tesco the pick ones and from mix. Wilkinson's. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. like a pink bottle with a white back. I'm not talking know, like know, the straight white back. I know, I know back. the one you're talking about. I know the one you're talking about. Because I ordered not the fizzy uh, one, no. No, no, I ordered no. I ordered a tub of them before off Amazon. Yeah, thinking, well, I'll just have them whenever I want them. Got tiring very quickly, so I've had to oh, kind right. of separate myself from them. I always say, if I see them in the pick and mix, then I'll just get them, but mm. they're never there. I think for something sweet, um, Skittles are quite good. I quite like Skittles. Yeah, I quite like. Is it? Does everyone chew them like so they're in like a big ball? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I don't yeah. know if I was being an odd one, odd one out there. No, no, you just um, you just shovel them into your mouth. Magic Stars is a great shout. I that's yeah. a very underrated chocolate that. I'm glad that it's still going. Some some of the quotes like are right around this part. I know you don't love LA, so I thought I'd just lube up your entry a little bit. <laughs> yeah. He pulls like Gandalf's pipe and he's talking yeah. about him being a homosexual advocate. I'm a well-known homosexual advocate. Yeah, they, they are just trying to make each other laugh throughout the entirety of this film, and I'm like here for it. I love it. It's great. I, I don't know what my kind of small movie prop of choice would be that I'd like to have. I'd go lightsabers if I could afford it. You know, there's those yeah, lightsabers that are like a. But I mean, like pounds. a proper one, so you'd like one from the set. <laughs> I think the idea here is an actual lightsaber. No, no, but I think the idea here is this is supposed to be the pipe yeah. that was smoked by Ian McKellen on the set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'd love, I'd love like a actual replica or like a, a prop from one of the Star Wars films. Th- yeah. Those things must be worth millions. Chewbacca sure mask. Yeah, I'm sure they're out there. If you were to get hold of like Luke Skywalker's lightsaber, that's probably worth. You're talking millions, aren't you? Well, this this thing where we get the time lapse basically of them, I I, I don't know why at one point they're scissoring each other in that time. <laughs> yeah, <lapse. I> know. <laughs> There's just no reason for it. I know, but that's like that is the beauty of this film, isn't it? They're just messing around. My favorite scene comes later on, actually, when you know when they do the camcorder yeah. footage. That that's so good. I love that. I've only got one time lapse on my phone and it's still on there from someone who used to do this podcast whose name I won't say <laughs> left an ice cream at Ben and Jerry's at my house, one that I'd not tried before. And he texted in a group chat saying, <laughs> do not eat that. I'm going to be around again soon and I'm going to have it when I come around. I was like, ah. <laughs> Did you just time sure. lapse it melting? No, I time lapsed myself eating it in bed. <laughs> 
But like the it would have been, it would have been much up. funnier to time lapse it melting. That would have been incredible. Yeah, the cat jumps up to see me while I'm doing it. I lean back. Um, Which cat, Dave? No, this is Oscar at the time. Uh, lean right close into the camera to tuck away a few more spoonfuls. What flavour was it? It was weird. It had it like banana chocolate chunks in there. They've gone a bit crazy, haven't they, Ben and Jerry's, with the things that they're making now? Do you, uh, you remember when it just used to be your standard cookie dough, chocolate fudge brownie? Yeah, this was. And then they introduced from... fish food. That kind of changed the game a little bit, and now they're just doing whatever the fuck they want. This you was from it, 2015. Um, yeah. Like, I was just—I was trying to send you it uh, so you can so you can see. Uh, yeah, I've just—I've just sent you it now, but unreal because my ice cream, as I've told you before, I don't like that many chunks in it. True. Yeah, but this like one, I don't. I don't even eat I don't eat bananas, but I like banana flavouring. That's strange. But there's some strange. people that are the opposite, aren't they? Like they yeah. like bananas but not banana flavor. Like I like banana milk. Weird. That is but this weird. was this was um this was well nice. And the fact that it was like a five pound fifty Ben and Jerry's that yeah, they are I've the not paid for. Luxury end ice cream. Do you know another thing that um we've got over here, but in America it's like crazy. So we've got Pop Tarts, haven't we? But we've got like strawberry chocolate. Yeah. Or vanilla. In America, there's like hundreds and hundreds of them. My old housemate was American. And he was like, what's with the Pop-Tarts over here? Why have you just got three <laughs> flavours? He's just like, well, that's how we roll. When I first started at the co-op, um, and I joined <clears throat> Church Town Sick Form, Sean would just constantly ask me if I can get him some strawberry Pop-Tarts. And I was like, well, we don't do them. <laughs> and every single week he was like, have you got some Pop-Tarts? Like, no, we genuinely we don't do them. Like Odd thing for them not to do. But... Yeah, you've got a time lapse waiting for you uh, when you next go on your phone. Um, oh, did you send it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep, there it is. Great. It is a very valid concern that Baruchel has that he's kind of been hoodwinked on the invite and then been told that you won't be ditched because it never works like that. There is never going to be a way yeah. in which someone is going to stay with you the entirety of the time. Yeah, but you also think... You know, it's he's not there to babysit him, is he? No, but it's, it's he, so he's gone. He's gone to meet him on the guys that they're having a weekend together, and then he's yeah. kind of put on him. Oh, good. Let's go to Franco's. Yeah, yeah. Bit of a weird one talking about Franco nowadays, isn't it? We'll get to that. We'll get to yeah. that. Yeah, um, I really wish he hadn't fucked up. I'm sure they all do. Mm. Yeah, I think them mentioning uh, Craig Robinson being sweaty is probably one of those where. This is when they just started firing at each other while shooting. Yeah, they they do because that uh, <laughs> Danny McBride says it later as well. He's like uh, Craig Robinson. I bet he's been sweating all over the place. <laughs> there was probably one day where he was sweaty, and they just carried yeah, it on. They just ran with it. Yeah. Seth Rogen said that he was shocked by how much the actors would insult each other. He said, according to him, Jonah Hill and James Franco in particular seemed to just go each other the hardest. At one point, he felt he had to intervene and remind them that they are actually friends and do like each other. Jonah Hill and it's that's weird because there isn't much Jonah Hill versus Franco. It's more um, Franco versus McBride, so, isn't it? Yeah. So this <laughs> maybe even so they, they not watch cut, Yeah, they must have cut a lot. I bet Jonah Hill is snappy with the like wisecracks as well. I bet if you shoot at him, he's they're just all, banging straight back. They're all just really funny, aren't they? They're all just so quick. Right. And then in May 2023, um, Jay Baruchel did an interview for the 10 year anniversary, and he said they kind of did blur the lines of what was real and what wasn't. And we'll get to some of the characters, but mm. he said him and Jonah Hill genuinely didn't get on. <laughs> he said they actually weren't friends, <laughs> uh, but they could be in the same room. And so they just amped this up and then it plays out well on screen because. Uh, what is it? Really, is that there's a difference between not being friends with someone and disliking someone though. So he says, they... he says they didn't get on. Oh, weird. I thought that was all just make, like make believe. Oh wow! What one of the bits I actually laugh at most in the whole film is when Jonah says to him, "Hey, your references are out of control, man." Yeah, everyone yeah. knows that. He high fives him. Sick yeah. reference, bro. Your, your, your <laughs> references are out of control, man. Everyone knows that. That's sick. Is that Jay Bear show? Oh, there. Hey. Oh my God. How are you going, Jonah? What are you doing? Good. How are you doing, buddy? Oh my gosh! Welcome back. Thank you very much. When did you get in? 
this morning, and uh, boy, are my arms tired. <laughs> Dude, that's great. Thank you. Sick. What have you guys been doing? Oh, we just hung out all day. Uh... Ate a bunch of dirty burgers and smoked about a fucking pound of weed and played a bunch <laughs> of video games. Weed is tight. Weed is tight. That's awesome. That's awesome. Weed yeah. is awesome. It's like the golfing sequence in Navy Seals. Sick reference, though, bro. Oh, thanks, bro. Dude, your references are out of control. Everyone knows that. Hey, dude. thanks, man. I'm jealous. I would have been there in a heartbeat, but... Uh... Yeah, Franco's party. I mean, these parts of the film are actually the best bit for me. Uh, Franco's excitement when Seth arrives... <laughs> Baruchel already and that is a thing where if you're like in a mood before you go out drinking or whatever isn't going to enhance your mood like I feel like oh, it always ends in disaster always. and so him already when they're at the door he's like it's a really nice house he's like who do you think he is Pablo Escobar like I'm not yeah. sure it's that nice of a house yeah and then he calls him what Johnny Baruchel and that is actually his birth <laughs> name but oh really <laughs> the um the girl that says, "If I don't fuck Michael Sarah, Mindy Kaling, I'm going yeah. to put my brains out." <laughs> I, I was going to ask because we don't have to do the whole like apologizing for James Franco, basically. Yeah. But at what stage did he lean into this kind of weird, uncomfortable comedy? Like I was looking back after yeah. Spider-Man Three, he does three films before Pineapple Express. He does a drama, a rom-com, and a military film. The military film does well with Tommy Lee Jones and he plays a smaller role. Mm. The others, nothing. Um, Pineapple Express hits. And that buys him yeah. almost a ticket to do more serious work. He does Milk, 127 Hours, Rise of the, Fo- uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, sorry, not Rise of the Foot Soldier. <laughs> yeah. He's just got such a weird career, like Spring Breakers in 2012, This is the End in 2013. Have he you watched that- um, 127 Hours? Yeah. It is good though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. He has that weird phase where his whole bit was that him and Rogan are like more than friends. <laughs> yeah, um, the Bound 2 video. Yeah, and then he's still got like dramatic turns in eleven twenty two sixty three, which is good if you ever choose to watch that. Um, he I does a crime drama with Jonah Hill called True Story where he's a serial killer, Jonah Hill's a journalist, and he's trying to work out how much of what he's saying is the truth. Mm-hmm. When the interview gets made in 2014, yeah. I'm assuming that gets commissioned off the back of this film. Yeah. Who is a so. bigger star at that point? Rogan or Franco? Could either of them have got that made without the other? I still think it's Seth Rogan. I still think when I still think even after all the controversies now, like No, no, that, I mean in twenty fourteen. No, no, yeah. So I think even back in 2014, you'd say, oh, Seth Rogen and James Franco. You wouldn't say James Franco and Seth Rogen, I don't think. I don't know. Maybe it's a preference thing. I think Rogen's the bigger star because he's got more writing credits and stuff. Because Franco, Franco's peak is probably higher, I would say. (laughs) Spider-Man 3. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Literally, like Spider-Man 3, Spider-Man 3, he's the face of that film. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a massive massive deal it's a flop but it's a massive massive deal i don't think you could do any kind of stoner comedy that's going to get near to that and seth rogan is, is not playing a bachelor super yeah. villain he is good as um green goblin as well like, he is he is that's Franco's, what we, we complained he, on spider-man 2 podcast he is a good actor but he's just a fucking weirdo he's just a strange guy yeah he's a strange guy well like the night before fantastic i love that why him i enjoy the film although the stories make it a bit more uncomfortable to watch like zoe deutsch says how much she hated working with him and that's never good um but he literally won an oscar he is an oscar winning actor what's he win an oscar for the disaster artist (laughs) yeah he won an oscar for that for that film best supporting actor i didn't know he got an oscar for it okay fair enough didn't he have a thing with like Amelia Clark as well? I swear Amelia Clark was with him for a while or something like that. I'm there not were, sure. There were photos of her at the premiere with him and stuff. The um, you know that painting where he's got Seth Rogen and James yeah. Franco. I feel like that's real. Yeah, he did all of that art. Yeah, all I of the art in the film is his. Yeah, I actually had the same one on my wall with your name and my name <laughs> next to each other. <laughs> well, if you need to barricade yourself in, I hope you take down your one first. I would, of course. Back to the party, because as I said, I, th- I think this is the, the best part of the film. Can we just Min- quickly bring up um, how odd it is that Emma Watson's there? No, because no, I want to get strange. to her separately. Very strange that yeah. she's there. <laughs> okay. 
Mindy Kaling, as you've referenced, <laughs> how hot Michael Sarah is. He's 110 pounds, hairless, probably has a huge cock. <laughs> she's she's great in uh, the night before as well. Yeah. Jason Segel compla- complaining about the How I Met Your Mother scripts. Mm. And I know he's trying to help Rihanna, but why is his small talk before Sarah even gets involved to ask her if she's ever been, a th- uh, if she's ever seen a therapist? Yeah. I feel yeah. like that's a play on his characters in like Knocked Up, mm. Forget Sarah Marshall. Yeah, forget. I love Forget. It's kind Sarah of his Marshall. type of guy. Forget Sarah Marshall is such a good film. Jason Segel is a he's a cool guy. I like him. Yeah. Initially, Michael Sarah wasn't actually slapping Rihanna's cheeks at all, but rather than he was doing the motion, they were stopping right before, and it wasn't working on the shot. You could just quite clearly see how fake it looked. Yeah, Sarah takes Rihanna to one side and says, "Can I actually slap it?" <laughs> she says yes, but on the basis that I, I can, can really smack you back. back every single time. Sarah agrees and is caught very much off guard by how hard he gets smacked back by Rihanna. Yeah, she clocks him. He says he did. He didn't need to ask for many more takes. Rihanna got that bad girl Riri in her. Yep. Michael kind of Sarah works that had... she's in the film. I don't question that her being in the film, which is weird because she's, you know, a singer. She's not an actor, but like her being there just kind of works. But for me, Emma Watson, it's so strange. I think Rihanna being there is the thing that takes it away from being like an in-joke because yeah. we know that Sarah and all these guys are linked. So her being all there, mates, yeah. even Kevin Hart, like he was everywhere at that time and still is now. So it doesn't hit the same. <laughs> The scene with Kevin Hart and Jason Segel is so good. Yeah, where yeah. he's just being so over the top about how great a comedy he is. Yeah. That's why you're the best. <laughs> yeah. Michael Sarah had one request to take part in the film. Mm. Can, you, can you imagine what that would have been? He wanted a cool death scene. His only request was that he could wear his own colourful windbreaker. <laughs> nice. I like seeing the three of them together as well. Yeah, that's that's it, it that's, feels like that's very smacked in twenty fourteen in twenty thirteen as well. Yeah, it feels like fan service seeing those three together. I think it was kind of their answer to like the Superbad two request as well. It was like, yeah, take this as your Superbad two. Yeah, this, they have said that they do Superbad two, but they'd all be in nursing homes, yeah. is what Jonah Hill said. I think this character was ultimately written Michael Sarah's. He had a conversation with Seth Rogen, just completely unrelated to anything about how much he was disliking the fact that he'd been typecast as like the awkward teenager. Yeah. So Rogan just channeled that conversation and essentially wrote the complete opposite and thought it could show the film industry that, look, this guy can do a bit, he can do a bit more than that. Yeah. It seems so, odd to me that they went with Sarah and not with, um, what's your man? Who, Plus? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we've seen it's, that, but that's, he's basically being he, what McLovin pretends to be. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I think this hits far harder than Mince Plas would have. Okay. For one, that Sarah was still in our consciousness. Mince Plas had kind of he's still only McLovin, whereas Michael Sarah is. He always will be. But we don't we don't look at Michael Sarah and call him Evan. No, that's true. Yeah, that's true. He says he was very grateful for Rogan's depiction of his character and felt that it did earn him roles in the future. Just he's great as, as a villain in Molly's game. You gotta love Seth Rogan. You've actually just got to yeah. love Seth Rogen. He's just such a cool guy. When Baruchel interrupts him in the bathroom and he's got a woman <laughs> either side. <laughs> he's going sippy sippy. Yeah. <laughs> Rogan asking if he's got a ring like a pink glazed donut. Yeah. Uh, him blowing coke in Christopher Mintz yeah. Plus's face saying, how does this smell? And he's like, well, I've never done cocaine before. And he's like, we well, just smelled the best, man. So much cocaine to just blow in a guy's face as well. <laughs> Him accusing Martin Starr of all people of taking his phone just before <laughs> he gets in pay. <laughs> I don't know why Martin yeah. Starr. And he's like, I know you fucking took it, man. <laughs> Empty his, your pocket. His death scene is so over the top. He's so all, over the top. It's like, what's happening? Is this bad? <laughs> oh, this is embarrassing. <laughs> it is, it's a cool scene. It's a good Have scene. you watched his Hot Ones? No. 
He's um, he's great on there. He's great on there. Does he do well? I wouldn't survive. From I don't think memory, I'd survive yes, past the second the second bite on that show. Just his comments during are just very funny when he's talking about Superbad and how much Jonah yeah. Hill hated Christopher Mintz Plass and. Oh, really? Yeah, so that's the reason that Mince Plus eventually gets cast is they've got a number of people and Jonah Hill went to Judd Apatow and complained that I can't work with this guy. I can't be funny with him in there. And they said, well, that's exactly why we're going to cast him because you feel that way. Wow. Poor poor Mince Plus. Yeah. That's awful. I'd hate to do that, do a film with someone that I know just actively hates me. Yeah. So apparently Michael said he just didn't care and so he took it upon his mission to just wind up Jonah Hill more and more. Yeah. Yeah. David Krumholtz. Superbad is is an incredible film. Yeah. You can't really fault it. Yeah, you were questioning my five star on Sunday. No, I just... Yeah, I just think giving a film five stars out of five is just like it's perfection. But then I was thinking, how would you make Superbad better? I, you mean, I, I couldn't. I, I wouldn't be able to. So, yeah. The David, fact that Seth Rogen wrote it when he was like 14 as well. Yeah. It's crazy. David Crummeltz repeatedly asking Jay Baruchel, you can carry my whole weight on one arm. You're <laughs> yeah. going to have my whole weight. Yeah. My whole weight. It's, it's so stupid. It goes on too long and you know what the actual like punchline is and they just drag it out because they're just literally taking a piss. Well, I think it's a play on action movies as well where they do, yeah, do that. And is. Yeah. I told you my fear of monkey bars, so I wouldn't be I wouldn't be able to hold someone else's weight like that and swing them up. I do not have that upper body strength. I feel like you would be able... I think you'd be pleasantly surprised now with no. your, your diet regime and how much no. weight you've lost. If you were to go on the monkey bars... This is when bars, I was a I kid. Think, I think you'd be surprised. When I was a kid, yeah, I didn't want to do the monkey bars. Yeah, but your build is different now. You've got more upper body strength than you have when you were a kid. You've got more man muscle mm. now. More to carry, though. What we'll, do, what we'll do next time we're back, we'll go down to the park together. <laughs> I'm not going on them monkey bars. PTSD. <laughs> I'm going to time-lapse it. Paul Rudd <laughs> arriving late with his giant champagne. Yeah, I, I rewatched this last night. I forgot Rudd was in it, actually. And he's not hes not Ant-Man at this point. Like, yeah, people forget that Paul Rudd wasn't always a superstar. Paul Rudd used to be... Um, yeah, he was the he's same a cool, as... Just a cool guy. That, he, was, well, he was kind of the same as Jason Segel. Not not superstar status, but you know that he's that funny guy. Oh, that's Paul Rudd. Movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So him Paul standing Rudd, on someone's head had is a great. great. He's had a great career, though. Yes, right. He has had a great career, but him being cast as Ant Man, you do actually think, "Oh, Paul Rudd is Ant Man." Yeah. Now. But before that, he was he was one of them. Um, he was one of Apatow's boys. Yeah. Aziz yeah. Ansari hanging there while nobody helps him. Craig Roberts <laughs> yeah. is saying it's too late for you. <laughs> and then later on, I tried to save the scene. Yeah. Kevin Hart <laughs> says to him, "You're already in the hole." Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. And then who it's like... Uh, so- Doesn't Jonah knock Jay into the hole as well? Jonah Jonah runs off and yeah, he like shoulder yeah. barges Jay into the hole, yeah. doesn't he? Bastard. Who's your um, Who's your favourite in this? As in, who's your most likeable? Oh, most likeable is interesting. Because I think the only fault, the only flaw I would have with Craig is that he doesn't try to help Aziz. But other than that, he seems like a very stand-up guy. Craig probably Robinson Jay Baruchel. Like I probably identify no. the most with Jay Baruchel in this, but w- he's a the, whiny bitch. The first, yeah, I would. So would I be in that situation? <laughs> the first ever season of Movie Madness, we had a whole category where we were just trying to get Jay Baruchel roles, and we were saying, "Look, what can we put him as in this film? Would this film be better with him in it?" But Hollywood yeah. didn't answer. But then he's great in this new Blackberry film. I'm not seeing it. I watched it uh, last weekend. He's really, okay. really good, and that's a dramatic what? role. Blackberry, the phone, Blackberry. Yeah, phone. it's like this whole kind of like, Steve how Jobs did, thing. how, yeah, kind of how did we get here? What's your BB pin, babes? Not quite that, but you were one of those. He plays you? the, he plays the creator. I never had a Blackberry. I did. <clears throat> I had one of those um, Sony Ericsson things. Uh, <laughs> anyway, and I was looking right. Rih- Rihanna, her singing along with Craig Robinson's. Take your panties off song. Take your panties off. Craig, why don't you fuck off? Yeah. The way that they're all getting so in... That there, I would feel out of place the same way as Jay does. <laughs> Jay literally just walks off because yeah. they're all like this massive click. 
and you're like, right, what the fuck is going on here? Craig wearing a take your panties off t-shirt as well. Yeah, when Jonah Hill says, like, right at the end of the scene, a huge earthquake happens. Who are they going to rescue first? Actors. They'll rescue yeah. Clooney, Sandra Bullock, me. If there's room, yeah. you guys will come. You guys will come. And later he well, says, uh, hey, God, it's me, Jonah Hill from Moneyball. Yeah. <laughs> and then what, doesn't he reference himself as America's sweet, sweetheart? Yeah, he does, well? yeah. It's like, it's me, Jonah Hill and J-Bug. Although I didn't follow Seth Rogen in the scene where they're debating what to do, they flicked on. And actually in the first scene, they flick on the news and a massive sinkhole has opened up and they just paid no attention. Yeah. Well, but they... when this has happened, Barisha's like, so should we go back to yours? And he's like, fuck no. <laughs> I'm yeah. not going back out there. Yeah. Very good. The intro to Danny McBride being him going to toilet and wiping the seat with his boot. Are we on? Uh, are we on that part? Are we? Have we? Are we going? In well, I wasn't going to do every scene, so I've kind of broken it down. So the um, I just want to mention the woman in the shop. You know yeah, when the, yeah. you know when the little girl comes in and yeah. she, the dad asks for her to use the toilet. She says, "Read the sign, customers only." Yeah. Just want to make a point. I hate people like that. They're out there. They exist. Absolute jobsworths. I hate people like that. Well, she says, I think I wrote the sign, took the time to make the yeah, sign. why do you think I put the sign up? <laughs> and then that little girl gets raptured, right? So yep. she gets sucked up. She never went to the toilet. So did she, did she get to go to the toilet in heaven or was she waiting in a queue? That's do you have to know. go to the toilet in heaven? Exactly. These are the questions. Because a lot of people are getting raptured up at the same point there. There's a big old queue and you're still waiting to go to the toilet. You know, just um, just something that One I One of life's great questions. Exactly. She could potentially be my spin-off film. <laughs> McBride using all of the food and water is sensational for the first time. Yeah. And when they question him, he said, I'm sure the Green Goblin can afford some more fucking yeah, bacon. I have, I have that down as one of my best quotes. I'm sure, the, I'm sure the Green Goblin can afford some more bacon. It's just, you know, that's like stuff like that is just improv, isn't it? Like, he, they're just trying to get at each other. He is just home run after home run after home run in this. Every line, yeah, every line bangs. Every line bangs. <laughs> Tell me about these fatalities. I guess if Michael Serra is dead, it's not a total loss. <laughs> I keep then, from, slurring my words there. I guess then, if Michael Serra is dead, I guess it's not a total loss. <laughs> and he goes, <laughs> Michael Serra is dead. <laughs> and then we go, Jonah goes, come on, guys, don't bully Jay. He's a sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> Those little comments he just keeps making about Jay being so great all the way through, and you're just like, fuck up, Jonah. Well, he says, uh, come on, Jonah, you're an Oscar nominee now. Yeah. Fatalities. Can't deliver any better than that. <laughs> fatalities. fatalities. <laughs> oh, no, that, was, that was actually quite good. <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> Seth, that's the best performance you've given in your last six movies. Where was that in the Green Hornet? They use that in the trailer. Yeah. To be fair, with Jonah Hill, he does go from Moneyball, which he was Oscar nominated for, to Wolf of Wall Street, to This Is the End, Twenty One Jump Street. Jonah Hill's had a fantastic career. He's um, he's very very like likable, isn't he? That's range right there. And a lot of the stuff that he's doing in Hollywood now, um, he is just trying to change his image, isn't he? Like from. We mentioned it before, being like yeah. the fat guy, which it's like there's more to him than that. He's he's a very good actor. He can do serious. He can do comedy. How old was he in Superbad? Do you think he must have been about sixteen? 17. No, I reckon he's probably around eighteen. <clears throat> you think? I think they all probably would have been just for the content they were saying. Bit no, of no, because they there. were no, they were younger than that. Because they I know um, Mince Platt's mum had to be on set for the. Um, the sex scenes. Um, I don't know how I know that trivia, but she, she had to be on set because I don't think he was old enough. So I, I reckon they were about 17. Jonah Hill was 23. Oh, fuck. Okay. Well, you just. Mince Plus was 17. Shout me there. No, oh, Mince, wow. Mince Plus was 17. Michael Sarah oh. was 18. That's a big old age difference between Jonah There's only Hill three and... years between Jonah Hill and Seth Rogen. Yeah, that feels weird. That feels very weird. You'd think Seth Rogen was about 10 years older than him, wouldn't you? <clears throat> Yeah. If if not more than that. Yeah, that's strange. But five years between Jonah Hill and Mince Platz, you can kind of see why they... I guess you can kind of see now why Jonah would be like, why are you putting this guy in there? Yeah. When, it's like when being in year seven and being in year 
11. When he's going around all the people in the house and he's like, James Franco didn't suck anyone's dick last night. Now I know you're a tripping. <laughs> Wait a second. I know what happened. You guys dropped acid, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Craig doesn't have any pants on. He got fucking wild, probably danced, sweated all over the place. You got white shit all over your mouth, Frankie. You probably sucked somebody's dick. Jonah over here probably watched and jerked off. Jay, I didn't even know you were in town. Good to see you. Danny, we're not on acid. We didn't suck each other's dicks. James Franco didn't suck any dick last night. Now I know you all are tripping. You actually not know what happened last night? Seth Rogen said that Danny McBride was the person who made everyone laugh and break character the most. Yeah, because he's trying to do that. He's, he said at he, one point... He's trying to make people laugh. You can see that on his face. He doesn't care about the actual role. He's just trying to make his mates laugh. You see that throughout the entire film. That's why it's seen, such a fun film. You're just you watching seen, Hollywood A-listers try and make each other laugh. The outtakes from when he did Eastbound and Down with Will Ferrell. No, I haven't, no. It's like a six-minute clip, and even if you've not seen any of the show, yeah. it's incredible. He because is. it is just them two making each other laugh. They yeah, because you get that with like um you, you know in, in Anchorman, um it's the same kind of concept, isn't it, really, Anchorman. I know they're they're playing characters and not playing themselves. But if you watch the outtakes of that, you can see that there's definitely days of shooting where they're just like, fuck it, I'm gonna make Rudd laugh. But even and then he's just like, like going for him. If you looked on that set, I know there's more significant star power there, but I bet if you could make Danny McBride break, that would be the kind of badge of honor. And I imagine it's yeah. the same for Will Ferrell. I imagine he's not easy yeah. to break. Yeah. And so those two breaking each other is just so good. Um, what's his name goes quite a lot. Um, Steve Carell yeah. breaks quite a lot, doesn't he? He's, um, have you seen the outtakes of him with, um, oh, fuck. Um, what's she called? Bridesmaid's chick. Um, Rose Byrne? No, 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 no. The other Rose one. McCarthy? No, the other one. Um, uh, <laughs> She's not, so famous. It's not Kristen Bell. She's so famous. Kristen yeah. Wiig. Kristen yeah. Wiig. Yeah. The one of them two when they're in Anchorman 2. And there's yeah. like, there's bloopers and it's just them constantly just cracking up. Seth so said good. that for one take on this film, it took them over an hour because McBride just wouldn't let anyone get by without without laughing. Was it the wanking one? I don't know. Because the wanking one, um, Seth Rogen's quite clearly laughing in it. Yeah. You can literally see his back going up and down. Yeah. <laughs> He's like just laughing throughout the entire scene. And then he tries to hide it by staring at the floor. And it's like, you can't hide it because your shoulders are still going. Jay said that it was actually very therapeutic making the film because he felt that some of the arguments and confrontations in the film were on some level real because they all had things they wanted to say to each other. Like they'd known each other that many years and they could mm. just get it out on the guise of, you know, we're just, I'm just in character. It's, yeah, they play heightened versions of themselves, don't they? Yeah. Craig Robinson said that Jonah Hill improvised asking for a bite of the Milky Way. The other actors then improvised the following conversation regarding who gets to eat it. The LBS love chicken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Franco saying, no, you can't have that Milky Way. That's my Milky Way. I went out this morning. I specifically bought this Milky Way to eat after my party. <laughs> and who is it? He goes, that's weird. Jay. And then Franco <laughs> says, it's not weird. It's my special food. I like it. Back me up on that, Seth. <laughs> and when um, Franco's hiding food and just giving it to Rogan as well. Yeah. Does feel like a, does feel like a Franco thing to do. He said, what's he say? No, he says... What's a bit of cheese without some crackers? Right? <laughs> yeah. and then he immediately puts the crackers into his boxes. <laughs> the the pineapple express two scene is very cool. They actually, yeah, that's my favorite scene. It's so good. They released this bit as the teaser trailer on April Fool's Day, the year it came out. So they didn't know this film was being made. They teased this as, "No, we're actually doing pineapple express two. Then at the end, mm. they see it's this is the end. Pineapple Express 2 would, would do very well. Yeah, I think... Um, not anymore. This, well, but what... Yeah, true. What they um, spoke about, the script, I feel like that probably was... Yeah, the they, plot, he said right? it is. That that yeah, was actually yeah. their, their idea. Yeah, because it seems like a good plot. Um, Jonah Hill. Yeah, I, lo- I love that. The, the whole camcorder stuff. You've just got these like five A-list actors just doing... What what did he say? Um, I don't want to. He says, "Let's do all the drugs." I don't want to do it. Yeah. The drugs. He should have thought that. A cup of ecstasy. Should should have thought that before he drank a can of ecstasy. Style. Yeah, it's so good. Jonah Hill's um, Woody Harrelson. He goes, "I have yeah. to do what I had." <laughs> yeah. We just throw the people. <laughs>
I do think that one review was the first half I do think is significantly funnier than the second half. Not to say the second half isn't funny. Yeah, the second half where it becomes more like, right, we actually do need to tell yeah. a story here. The, the first half is quite clearly them just playing around. Um, we're going to mention the, we're going to mention the guy that breaks in as well. You yeah, you can go for who it. Is, because who is that guy? It's it's just a guy they all know basically. Because yeah, he that scene is funny when he's like, oh, if you want me to, t- if you want me to t- fuck you, I will. So good, I'll yeah. love it. <laughs> it's like just this random guy, and then they're all just kicking his head around. <laughs> I like that they got uh, paper planes by. MIA yeah, and yeah, like yeah. they'd had on Pineapple Express. The Emma yeah. Watson scene. Emma Watson scene. So I'm all over the shop today. You are. First question I have for this. Is she that English? Like her accent at the party was throwing me off, but maybe it's just yeah. because she's around so many Americans. Yeah, she stands out, doesn't she? I don't um, know if she's yeah, ramping she, it up. She yeah, she is. No, 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 she is that English. She's she's very RP. She's like Queen's English. She's She's very posh, yeah. Because there's some... So Kate Beckinsale can almost do no wrong. Like She's ridiculous. But I always feel she's putting on a performance when she speaks in interviews and things like that. And I also feel the same with Kira Knightley. Like, they're yeah, upping how English they are. Yeah, um, I know what you mean. Like It's like the whole English Rose thing, isn't it? Like, but I don't know if Emma, Wat- I, Emma Watson doesn't strike me as someone that wants to be quirky. Whereas I don't, no, I don't think do. I don't think she's trying to be quirky. I think no. that is genuinely how she talks. I think she's just very like we're we're lazy with our diction and stuff. She's just not like. Do you think? So I remember first time. Did you watch this at the cinema? Yeah, I watched this with Simon Barnes. Remember Simon? I do. So I remember because so much is going on in this film you'd forgotten that Emma Watson was even at the party by the point where she comes back. Yeah. Do you think it hits more or less because it's kind of like, oh, we didn't see her die or if we just hadn't seen Emma Watson at all and then she burst through the door? I think that would have been better, yeah, if if she just burst through. And then I have this in my notes for um, for if you could add a soundtrack to any movie. Imagine the Harry Potter theme tune playing. <laughs> And then Emma Watson bursting through, like that, that would work, right? It's it's like weird. It's a that money she's in, in a bank match. Yeah, yeah, because it's when she's just there saying like, "Oh, you're a hipster." He's trying to be a hipster sort yeah. of thing. It just doesn't really add anything to it. Well, I mean, it it works when she's there and they're all talking about like not raping her. Where, well, when um, they have that conversation, it starts <laughs> off with Craig Robinson saying, "That's my little sister," which yeah. I guess plays into their conversation at the start. Yeah. At the start yeah. of that conversation, Danny McBride said, I can't wait to ask you tons of questions about those motion pictures. <laughs> yeah. And Jonah saying, Jay couldn't rape a fly. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Whoever smelt it, doubt it. Whoever denied it, supplied it. He's like, I know it's farts, I get it. <laughs> so Frogan going, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, says, it, feels, oh. it feels weird that she's in it. I think... Um, when we get onto the questions later about like rep- replaceable characters, I, I'd swap her out for someone. She but... she wasn't the first choice. Yeah, it feels weird. That I know the first choice was <clears throat> Roseburn. No, it feels like it makes far more sense as well. Um, is it is it one of their no lot though? Oh, okay. uh, she's crossed over with uh, at least one of them before. Mm. Not on the main mm. ones though. It was it's supposed okay. to be Mila Kunis. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. With Jason Segar. And she was huge in 2013 as well. Yeah. Mila Kunis makes far more sense for that. That's stuff. off the back of uh, Friends of Benefits. Mm-hmm. Forget Sarah yeah. Marsh, all these stuff. Yeah, that makes far more sense. Jay saying, guys, listen, I think we need to address the elephant in the room. <laughs> Seb says, well, right don't now. talk about Craig like that. Yeah. yeah. I, I, feel, I feel like that's improved as well. And then Craig coming in saying, I'm right here, man. He says that's fucked up. I'm right here, man. Yeah, and Franco says it. that's racist. <laughs> They're all just trying to break each other. It's great. In hindsight, Barishel was right to warn people about Franco. He was. Yeah, he was. Franco, he has got a weird energy, hasn't he? Yeah. The it does start to his his energy kind of changes the more famous he becomes, I think. The Hermione robbed our shit was maybe the most talked about quote from the film. So now motherfuckers is first, dude. 
But yeah. re- remember there was that phase where like movie quotes would be made into Facebook groups and people would just like a quote and it happened with everything from The Hangover, everything from uh, The Inbetweeners yeah. and Hermione robbed our shit was one of those. Yeah. I get... I don't hate that she's in it. It just feels weird, doesn't it? <laughs> well, I think it's supposed to, to be fair. But she was yeah. supposed to be in it later on as well and she, she declined. Because it, even if you had like... I don't know, like, what, even if you had Daniel Radcliffe in it, I guess, but... So, <laughs> you beat much. me to it. They wanted Daniel Radcliffe to be in it. He read the script and said, no, thank you. <laughs> or he, he the initial idea, he didn't get... It was very early on, they said. They said they could oh, understand right. why he declined. Could have been the boy who lived twice. But with Emma Watson, she was supposed to be in the scene where Danny McBride comes back, and the tipping point was her finding out that they were going to depict actual cannibalism in the film. And she said she wasn't comfortable being on screen with that. And so they, that's why she kind of just leaves weirdly which she's left open-ended. Yeah. You don't know what happens to her. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, that's how they did it. Seth said he actually regrets how they kind of dealt with that because he said they, they didn't mean to make her feel uncomfortable at all. And maybe yeah. if there'd been some more conversations beforehand, then, they could have maybe prepped her for a bit. I more. love Seth Rogen. He said that it, they didn't end on bad terms. He said she, she came back to the set the next day to say goodbye to everyone. She said, "Like, look, that's not for me. I've done. Yeah. I'll do this bit. I, I don't want to do that extra scene." Which, yeah. to be fair, doing this one, everyone speaking about raping Hermione is, <laughs> is well, quite significant. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, and they do it in a way that it is. You do laugh at it, even though what they're talking about is there's nothing funny about it. Well. The, that that head scene that comes, <laughs> yeah, I was going to mention when that they're just on. kicking kicking the head around, and then you've got the camera POV where it's like yeah, you're following yeah. the head being kicked around. Well, they set out basically to just make people as comfortable as possible, as uncomfortable as possible. Evan yeah. Goldberg said they wanted to make as many cast members as possible say no, I can't do that, or just to get them to refuse to do something. Only two people. Too crazy. Only two people refused to do anything on set. Do you th- guess who those two were? Um, Jonah Hill. Nope. Uh, Franco. One. Um, Franco and Robinson, maybe. Seth Rogen. Really? Yeah, they were the only two that said, "I'll do anything." Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's no. Okay, yeah. Everyone else broke and said they would refuse no, no, no. to do I, something. I, I thought you were asking me to that refuse to do something. No, everyone else refused to do at least one thing. Because I feel like Franco and yeah, I feel like Franco and Rogan would. Yeah, I feel like the heat's got to me. I've been bumbling my words more than I have on maybe any of the podcast this year. Yeah, you're all over the shop. Yeah, Tatum said that. During the sequence where McBride and his cannibal gang eat James Franco alive, mm. he was shown holding up Franco's severed foot and drinking all of the blood that poured out of it. <laughs> when Seth Rogen screened this for test audiences, their response cards were unanimously disgusted by this image. I don't, well, I don't get it. What's wrong with it? There's far worse things out there. They basically didn't want to see Channing Tatum doing that. What? Um... Nah, leave it in. As a result, that's why... What's the point point in good halves on anything? Well, he kind of disappears like abruptly from the scene. They all start eating Franco and Channing Tatum's just suddenly nowhere to be seen. Yeah, that's true. Because they couldn't get him back then. They'd filmed what they'd filmed. That is a a proper laugh point though, isn't it? it? The first time you watch it. Yeah. When you're just not expecting Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum. Yeah. No, Channing Tatum. Yum. Yeah. Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg said in an interview that they were originally going to have an additional scene during the end credits showing James Franco and Danny McBride smoking with Hitler in hell, but felt that would be too much. I was, yeah, that was one of my points. Um, it's one of my questions. I was going to ask you actually what happens to Franco um, and McBride because you never see, you never see what happens to them. Go to hell. Well, there you go. And you've mentioned Seth very specific, saying that the bullies at his school titty fucked him, and it's like, what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. When Jonah so, turns into the devil, and he's saying, "Push them together for me." Yeah, that's that's kind of a shame that Franco and that end up in hell. So you know, they were all good mates. And now they're one of them's in 
heaven, the others in hell. It's uh, kind of sad. They originally asked for a 45 million budget. They were told that if they had a budget of that size, then the studio was going to have to have more creative input. They asked what the max they could have was while still maintaining creative control. 32 million was given by Sony, so they accepted. Yeah, I mean, I've got a note on that as well. It's it's largely not CGI, is it? I mean, you've got you've got the CGI at the start with the big hole, and then after that, it's it's not CGI. Really. I think you've I think you've got until, the monsters until the bull appears. You've got <laughs> uh, bull suddenly appears. Well, they have Hollywood on fire. Yeah, that's true. That is true. And parts yeah. of the house were also CGI'd. Is it thirty-two million to, to yeah. put Hollywood on fire? They all they all took a pay cut so they could make this film together, which does add into yeah. they all basically just wanted to have fun make for six months and make this film with each other. Yeah, fair enough. What do you reckon the body count was on this film? Um, twenty-six. Thirty-seven. Ooh, not far off. I'll take that. They reported several others to have cameos in the opening party and then maybe later on, that's unconfirmed. The names they approached, Cameron Diaz, Cameron Diaz, who was in, but they had to move the filming location and then it clashed with other things she was doing. Ed Norton and Elizabeth Banks also couldn't do it due to scheduling conflicts. <laughs> Ed Norton, that's a yep. weird one. Yeah. Yeah, they approached Daniel Radcliffe for a small part, but he said no. Who does he think he is? The ending, um, we'll get back to the actual scene, but there actually was never going to be a scene in heaven. The movie ended when the beams faded to white, but the test audiences just hated that they didn't get to see what heaven was like, and so Mm. they bring it in. But that was nearly different, so we'll come back to that. The The whole Rosemary's Baby, Jonah Hill getting raped by the devil, didn't do a lot for me, that that little passage i like the exorcism the exorcism of jonah hills the exorcism was fun that whole scene though of him like the shadow and yeah i thought it was a thing of where you're in an echo chamber and everyone's basically telling you that's not too far that's not too far and i don't think it was too far i just think it wasn't as funny as the rest of it when yeah the rest of it was um, far more narrative driven this just didn't they try and get the same. they try and get a laugh out of like the dick don't they it's like a dick yeah. joke the Backstreet Boys. Backstreet's back, all right. Filming wrapped. The ending didn't go down well. They approach Morgan Freeman and say, look, this will get a big pop. If you come back, you're God again. Morgan Freeman says, no, thank you. Mm. Again, so, who, do, who does he think he is? So they've already got Backstreet Boys in the opening of the film. Um, Craig going, welcome to heaven, motherfuckers. Yeah, they approach <laughs> them. They bring in the Backstreet Boys. Yeah. That that popped in the cinema as well, Backstreet Boys. Yeah, it would. One of them where you look yeah. around to get the reactions of people around you. Backstreet Boys was never a massive thing to me though. Like I I watched this, I was when did this come out? Twenty thirteen. Twenty thirteen, yeah. So I was nineteen. I don't I, I watched it with Simon. I I don't remember being that excited by Backstreet Boys. I think for I was us, just it as pumped. more like it'd Yesterday. be more like someone else. Yeah, but Backstreet Boys never belonged to like the UK, did they? They were American. Uh, I don't know. I, I put Backstreet Boys above five. We had to take that. that yeah, I'd take time, Backstreet Boys over take that as well. What about uh, Steps or S Club? Backstreet Boys. It'd be One Direction now, wouldn't it? I guess so. Yeah. This was the last film to be rented by Blockbusters before they went out of business. Oh, wow. That's good trivia. Yep. What a claim. It's a hell of a claim. And just in terms of what was out at the time, this came second in the box office of the weekend it came out. Yeah. Released the same weekend as Man of Steel. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Watching trailers recently, I thought it was quite a strange pick to be releasing the new Transformers so close to Fast X. Yeah, so I've seen stuff on TikTok about that, about potential universe crossovers. Um, Not even a crossover, it's, just it's it's just very it's like fan edited stuff where like Optimus appears to Don, 
at the end of like credit scenes and stuff. Yeah, I just thought there's going to be a big crossover in those audiences. And so it seemed a strange one, but they probably had a limit as to how long they can hold it for. And there's a lot of superhero films coming out, so maybe they didn't want to clash with those. Gets unnecessary hate, man, still. Wasn't that bad. Mm, No, Superman's just not a very interesting superhero as it is. Much better as a villain. I agree. Much better as a villain. I thought it was an interesting choice for this to be ultimately a Jay Baruchel, Seth Rogen movie rather than the tried and tested Seth Franco movie. Mm, or Apatar. Yeah, I mean, just in terms of who's on screen, I thought it was interesting that you make Jay Baruchel one of the main guys alongside Seth. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it, it, does, yeah, it, does, like, it does feel weird to see those two together because I, I wouldn't really put them together before then. Well, he'd traditionally be a side character is what I mean. And so yeah. it would be the two faces of the, the middle of the poster would be Seth Rogen, James Franco. So for Jay Barish has to be such a kind of... The film, ultimately, he's the character we're supposed to care about the most. Why isn't that... What's his name in it? Bill Hader, the the other one that's the police officer. I guess he kind of falls outside of that. Mm. He's not as young. He's, I mean, he's smashing it now. I'm, yeah. I plan to watch Barry soon. Mm. See, he wants to be a horror director next. That's cool. Let's go through the categories. Who is your MVP of the film? Seth Rogen. I've gone Jay Baruchel. Is, I've gone Seth as the MVP. Who's um, your star of the film? McBride. Agreed. Yep. Yep. As I said earlier, home run after home run. After home run. Yeah, everything lands. Everything. What do you think is the best moment slash scene? Um I think the best moment slash scene is is the home cam footage. Just feels very okay. like cool that you've got these A-list actors like making footage on like a cheap camcorder and then watching it back is yeah, that's cool. I thought Franco asking who abused his literature. <laughs> there's just oh, McBride is just incredible <laughs> he's like yeah. what have you done and he's like well when I jack off long enough I end up jizzing man I assume the same happens to you no it was me Franco I fucking made jizz in your magazine what when I fucking jack off long enough I end up jizzing dude I'm assuming the same shit works for you real fucking smart answer why don't you fucking aim huh I have a particularly explosive ejaculate it just goes everywhere it's like a fucking wild fireman's hose. She's going to grab on and pray to God it doesn't get in your eyes or your mouth. The fuck kind of jerking off is that? What, you never had any brothers? You didn't learn to jizz in a fucking sock or on a fucking tissue? No, I don't have any brothers. I was raised in a house of women. Yeah. I do, um, I do have that as my, one of my favorite quotes. I'm particularly explosive. It's like a wild fireman's hose. Just hang yeah, on and pray and- to God it doesn't get in your eyes or mouth. Yeah. And then you just see Rogan laughing in the background. He's literally just looking down at the floor and his back's just shaking. He just they obviously just couldn't get a, a take where he just wasn't cracking up. You've got iPads in the walls and here you are jacking it like a goddamn yeah. pilgrim. Welcome to the 21st century, Buck Rogers. He's just trying to make him laugh. He's just trying to make him laugh. I've been dropping loads around this place like a dump truck. <laughs> I feel like it was all just improv When he says, um, I was raised in a house of women. Yeah. And when Franco says, if I see your dick one more time, I'm shooting it off. And he says, you, <laughs> you don't have enough bullets, bullets, bitch. bitch. <laughs> yeah. Seth saying, Danny, don't walk away. And he's like, it's too late, Seth. I've already walked away too much. <laughs> yeah. You could just literally turn back around. He just storms off. <laughs> when Franco gives the gun to Danny McBride and he immediately just tries to kill everyone. Yeah. 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 That was very good. Um, best quote. Um, when they kick McBride out and he says, I don't even care about coming anymore right now. I'm kind of into going. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Franco saying, also, I got to admit to something. I fucked Lindsay Lohan. Yeah. She was fucked up. She was high. It was the Chateau Marmont. She kept banging on the door. She kept calling me Jake Gyllenhaal. I said, "Come with Prince, Prince of Persia." Yeah, I like the one where um, Jonah's being exercised as well, 
And he's, yeah. he's saying the power of Christ compels you. He's going, oh, does it? Does it compel me? Does, <laughs> does it, it really, Jay? The power of Christ compelling me? Guess what? It's not that compelling. And then like two minutes later, seriously, it hurts a little bit. It's like it's like a little sting. Seriously, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> it's so when, good. When they're debating um, splitting everything five ways, and I think it's yeah. um, Franco says, well, then why don't we split your T-shirt? Split your T-shirt five ways. I, I want the bottom part. <laughs> Craig Robinson says, you can't handle my midriff. Yeah. yeah, it's great. Robinson says, <laughs> the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And Franco says, it's like Neapolitan ice cream. Yeah, yeah that's good. Danny McBride says he wasn't breastfed and he was motorboating instead. <laughs> exactly. I, came no out, sense. I came out slapping those things about. <laughs> Would you rather add Mark Wahlberg, Zac Efron, or Tobey Maguire to this movie? Um, this one's harder than the one with the ladies. I think I'd probably put Efron in, but I'm not sure where. Maybe I don't know. Channing maybe Tatum's Jay- role. Maybe Jay's. Oh yeah, Channing Tatum's role. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Would it be yeah. funnier to put Zac Efron or Mark Wahlberg in that position? No, Zac Efron's funnier. I mean, Mark Wahlberg would never do it, but... Yeah, Zac Efron... That's what I feel it would be funnier to do. Zac Efron's like prettier, isn't he? So, yeah. Or if we just went... You probably could have had Tobey Maguire appear at some stage. That would have been funny for him and James Franco to do that. I did think about Maguire and in the scene at the start when they're all there. You could imagine Maguire there, but at that point, I think he's already been established as like Bully Maguire. <laughs> So, if they, if like when they go down and they get and all the memorabilia is down there, if like Toby Maguire was just tied up down there, yeah, that would be funny. That would be good. Would you yeah. rather add Jennifer Lawrence, Florence Pugh, or Rose Byrne to this movie? I think Rose Byrne fits into this one perfectly, doesn't she? Did you go to Jennifer Lawrence? I think Jennifer Lawrence in the Emma Watson part just kind of like her free yeah. notes. Yeah, see, yeah, that that does work. You could put Jennifer Lawrence into Emma Watson's role. But I just think in terms of like that clique, I think Rose Byrne fits in. So I feel like if you pick Florence Pugh, it's just because she's English. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She doesn't really fit into it at all. But yeah, Jennifer Lawrence could play the um, the Hermione role. If you had to make a spin-off movie about a side character from this film, who would it be about? Um, <laughs> I've got the guy at the wall. <laughs> The guy, the guy that gets his head How chopped he gets off. There what, with a short yeah, movie. what's his story? Yeah, who is this guy? Does I've he just live in the area? Either Danny McBride's cult, or just yeah. what happened to Emma Watson. Yeah, good shout. Yeah. <clears throat> in the gift shop based around this film, what's the highest selling item? I've just, I've just gone DVDs of their films. It's Craig Robinson's T-shirt. You always right. I knew you were going to say that. I, I knew that it was going to be the take your panties off t-shirt and when he goes to heaven it's in glitter as well which is a nice touch <laughs> but it can't always be a t-shirt alright James Franco's the... artwork yeah okay Franco's artwork works Franco's artwork works but it can't always be a t-shirt I feel like the would this be better as a Judd Apatow comedy a Michael Bay action movie or a South Park spin-off it's you kind of Apatow. just have everything of an Apatow comedy there yeah, already. It is, it is an Apatow. But they probably realise how good friends they are while they're in the house rather than the opposite. Yeah, yeah. And they get out together. Yeah. I didn't actually have a song to add to the soundtrack. I quite liked everything that was in here. Still Dre, gone. Paper Planes, Paper Gangnam Planes Style. It's a great, great track. Um, yeah, I've just gone the Harry Potter theme tune that she breaks through. Yeah, that would have been good. That would have been quite cool. Well, we mentioned Jennifer Lawrence. Next week, we are doing Silver Linings Playbook, so mm. a very different tone altogether. Looking forward to rewatching that. She got the Oscar for that, didn't she? She did. Mm. So Good film, yeah. We'll be there. See you next week. Adios. Arrivederci. Adios. Mm.